All right, question for you guys. Oh, you're gonna. You were just about to. Say no, good, good. Do you think ninjas chose black because it was harder to see at nighttime, or do you yes. think it because it, it looks cooler as a uniform? I oh. hope. I, yeah, like if I they hope were, we're, like, if the options, the final two were like a powder blue or jet black, do you think like ninjas would have been cool in powdered blue? I'm sure it was a tough decision. It would have been, right? Go ahead, Jake. All right. And welcome to the Family Based Podcast. My name's Jake. I'm Dallas. And I'm Ben. And we are recording on a Monday morning this time. So we're a little groggy, but we're going to try to move forward and jump right in. So, show of hands, who actually watched the Cubs in the past two weeks? Zero hands are going up. Oh, one hand's going up. One That's big. Yeah, I mean, he's invested into the season. I mean, it's some Tevon for sure. That's the best way to say that. So, you know, the last few weeks uh, have actually been pretty decent for the Cubs and overall pretty entertaining for baseball in general. But for our first base topic, we'll talk about the Cubs as it was due. The Cubs, again, outside of up until today, they won three straight series, which is a big thing for the Cubs. Uh, so yeah. they 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 lost the series to Pittsburgh. Then they won two or three against St. Louis, Cincinnati, Boston. So seems like the last three series, they figured something out. Uh... If you guys have not watched it, have you guys seen any highlights of what's been happening? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been fun, dude. I don't know when the last time they had won three consecutive series has been. Yeah. I don't think it I don't think it was this year. That'd be cool, you know? I, I would be surprised if they had won three series all year prior to this. Um <laughs> So yeah. it's just it's been an enjoyable little run of uh, games, you know. Um, I did see uh, Wisdom hit that monster home run. I sent you know I sent you the other day, yeah. When he just absolutely clobbered the ball. So I did see that. That was pretty neat. Um, but yeah, I mean it's just it's exciting that they're they're winning games. I mean they're still fifteen games under five hundred or whatever it is, but. Um, if they can be competitive, I mean that makes that makes the the game and and the time you spend watching it more enjoyable. So. Yeah. Has anything stuck out from the last two weeks? The Pittsburgh series, St. Louis, Cincinnati, and Boston. Has there been something that stuck out when you guys were uh, from that time? Man, yeah, here just, we go. Crickets. Everything. Everything stood out. <laughs> just the winning. The winning. Stand out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if, that's a that's a good stick out. Oh, Jake, so just cut, cut, this, cut this out. Cut this part out. Because we're obviously <laughs> just, we're, we're dragging ass here. Let's liven it up, all right? So, okay. um, 
the 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 series, and then and then you can jump in. Yeah, I would say the the series against Pittsburgh was the Cubs' season as a whole to this point, mm-hmm. right? You win one, and then you lose three to the damn Pirates. And I know Jake, you and I were talking. Um, the Pirates are actually better than the Cubs this year, which yeah. you know, fine. But you know, historically, the Pirates are still the Pirates, right? <laughs> so losing three or four to the Pirates is not ideal. All right. Mm-hmm. And then you win two against the Cardinals, which is always a huge series, always a huge rivalry. Obviously it's like the rivalry in baseball or in the national, league. in our, in our little world, it's the rivalry. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. And then two or three against the Reds. Reds are a good team. They're playing. Okay. Um, and then, but, but beating the Red Sox, who's an actual like baseball team, it's, it's a, a real baseball thing to, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a cheapo, you know, if you beat, I don't know, the Royals right. or something, somebody terrible. You know what I mean? Like, it was a good uh, – Right. It was a good series win. So, I would just say the fact that they're um, putting together wins, you know, well, bullpen's not blowing it. Everybody's playing pretty consistently. We had another decent start. Um, I think it was Keegan the other day who pitched really well. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So like, if we can keep getting win- like quality starts out of these younger guys, I mean, I think we're going to end up winning more. Um, we have the potential to win more series uh, down the line. But uh, it's yeah, it's it's been it's been fun though. It's been exciting. I know they're going to be a little bit on the road trip here for this next week. I think coming up. So hopefully yeah. they can. Yeah. Hopefully they can keep it together. Yeah. Yeah, they have uh, seven seven games under a, before they uh, end the first half at in Wrigley. So they have. We'll talk about this. Uh, Dan did this, uh, but yeah, seven uh, away. That'll be a test of how bad they are, not how good they are, <laughs> but how bad they are. Right. So I mean, yeah, let's not step on it because we'll get to it in a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> What about you? What stuck out for you? Anything? I mean. So, yeah. So what stuck out was, I would say, of all the series, um, honestly, I know Boston sticks out because it's Boston. But the, the Cardinals series, winning two out of three in St. Louis sticks out to me. Yeah. Only for the fact that... They have quality quality starts. They have timely hitting. They have good defense overall. I mean, and it's the Cardinals. So that's I mean, those games are always good. So to win those three games or two of those three games in St. Louis, I thought was enjoyable to watch. Um, it's a good weekend series, so I enjoyed watching that. Um, but uh. I said that. I mean, it it's hard when you talk about players because it's always the same players. It's always Contreras, yeah. Hap, but Hendricks actually had a good start in St. Louis. So, yeah, he really did. It was like his start on opening day. He was really good on opening day too. Um, yeah, and then, you know, like I said before, we were all optimistic. This is going to be great. You know, he looks he looks back to form. 
Um, if we can get more starts like that out of him, right, where he goes kind of deeper into games or, or he's able to eat away at some innings and, and save the bullpen, I mean, I think obviously that's that's what everybody wants. But I think for us in particular, that would, that would go a long way, helping, uh, helping our staff. So uh, I do want to ask this uh, question because this was the main question. Kind of spurred on by an article that came out. Uh, the article was talking about Nico Horner, who is the main starter for the at shortstop for the Cubs. He's 25 years years old. It seems like he's been on the team since he was like 16, but he's he's been in the league for four or five years now. This is the most games in any season he's played in so far. He's hitting over 300. He is the highest, uh, like, run saved defensively amongst all shortstops with eight. So he is defensively doing really well, hitting uh, over 300, not a power hitter. But he just seems to get on base, seems to hit the ball. So the article was pretty much saying uh, that Nico Horner has the skills to be a shortstop for the Cubs for years to come. Now we talked about free agents. I'll ask you this very straightforward question. Do you want to see the Cubs stick with Nico Horner going forward? Or do you want to see them go after, like, Boston just brought in Xander Bogarts? Do you want to see them go after a top line free agent shortstop or do you want to see them stick with nico horner you mean trevor story the red sox brought no story but they were in story but they brought to town the upcoming free agents and our bogarts oh right right okay i, I understand what you're saying now yeah. yeah um dude i've been a big fan of nico since we drafted him you know he was a i think a first or second round pick out of stanford you know yeah so I've been a fan of him this whole time. Um, I've wanted him to have the opportunity to play. I didn't care if it was shortstop, second base, you know, wherever it was. It looked like, you know, middle infield is what he's going to be. And it's as he's gotten more experience, more time, all he's done is exceed expectations. <clears throat> now, there's no reason that you can't get one of these big-name free agents and put them in a different spot. Or, or, or reconfigure your infield in some capacity to keep, you know, them both satisfied. But if Nico's going to play a gold glove defense, which it seems like he's on pace to do, you don't want to disrupt that. You don't want to move that, you know. Um, so it just kind of depends on what, I guess, the incoming free agent, like if they have enough um, trust in their ability to, like, swing over to third base. Like, could you get Correa to move over third base, right, or, or – something like that or would Trey Turner go to second base or something like that right I mean there's there's a lot of different things you could ask but I think if you have Nico you're in good position to win games Um, I think he's a guy that you can build around so I would say keep him and then hope to bring in somebody else and reconfigure your infield but um, yeah I'm, I'm I'm a big I'm a big Nico fan so, Dels, would you rather your shortstop be defensively, like, good up the middle, or would you want to see them hit for power? Because Nico will never hit for power. Would you rather have someone like Baez, like, hitting for power, 
or do you want to see someone who's going to be more sure-handed up the middle? What do you think? 100% defense. Um, if given, if you needed to make the choice between the two, um, I'd rather see a strong defensive player. Um, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with contact. Contact gets you on base. Base runners get runs. So I mean, you don't need to hit the ball over the fence every time you're at the plate. I'm just happy to see somebody get on base. Those are opportunities. And uh seems like he's developing into being a fantastic member of the team. Yeah. So yeah, I read he's... this book. Go ahead, Jake. Go, go, go. No, no, you got it, Ben. Go ahead. So, I, no, I was just reading this book, you know, the Baseball 100, right? And I'm nearing the end. But, we, we, you know, I read through the Ernie Banks chapter, and they talk about how, you know, there has never been an offensive shortstop who had ever hit for power before Ernie Banks. And the idea was always a Nico Horner-type guy, a great defensive player who's going to turn double plays, who's going to get on base, bat him in the two spot, you know. You know what I mean? He's going to get guys over, move guys over, all that kind of stuff. You know, and then, um, and then a guy like Banks comes along or whatever, right? And then to my point earlier, we got—I just read past the A Rod chapter, and they talk about how, by every defensive metric, he was a superior shortstop to Derek Jeter. Um, but there was no chance that he was going to come in <laughs> to New York and take Jeter's spot at shortstop. So he acquiesced, yeah. moved to third. Now, I'm not saying Nico Horner is Derek Jeter by any metric, and I'm not saying no, any of these guys no. that we could potentially bring in this offseason are going to be A-Rod. But I'm saying it's worked before where you kind of realize that this guy's good in the spot that he's in. Let's keep him here, and I'll move. I'll change. I'll you know, work on something else. And now that the DH is in the NL anyways, you know what I mean? Like There's, there's enough ways that you could figure it out that I think baseball has potential to go more, not positionless, but like more fluid in like who, because the DH, you can have more like roster flexibility and different guys who can do different things. Um, so that's that's all I was going to say. Yeah, so I, I do find it interesting that, they, I mean, in some ways the Cubs really were in the front of the offensive power shortstop. But it feels like that is the, not the trend. That seems to be the dominant thing ever since A-Rod, is that your shortstop has to be good defensively, or at least average, but also has to hit for power. So returning to a Nico Horner-type infielder seems like a, it does seem like a big fall off for the, for the Cubs when it comes to the casual fan. Mm. Like for Javi Baez, with all this like Almago, uh, <laughs> like trick plays of some sort, or swing moves while diving or hitting home runs with a uh, or trash talking Amir Garrett, which you did Dude, this past weekend. I mean, yeah. He sucks. I don't like him at all. He I mean, seems I, like I such a tough hang. Like, I would not want to hang out with that guy. Like, at all. I don't know. And I'm not even a know. huge fan of, like, how Hobby acts either. But go ahead. Sorry. I'll cut you off. No. So, all I'm saying is that it seems like a big drop-off. And it seems like that is not how shortstops 
are expected to uh, produce offensively. It almost seems like offensively it's okay if you're hitting 260 and hitting 35 home runs. So it's weird and it's harder to accept a 300. Like right now, as we uh, record, he's hitting 309, but he only has four home runs. So that can make people cautious. So again, to me, it'd be, it'd be great to see him stay shortstop. But if I'm going to harp on the sign up big free agent, which I am, Nico Horner has to be willing to move to second base because Trey Turner has played second. Correa has played third for a short time. But many of these guys want to be shortstops. You don't want to move. So if Nico is willing to move, they could resign him. But I have a hard time seeing that. Okay. So I mean, I just feel like if you if you think if you're the Cubs, right, and you're like, okay, we have a we have a guy. Let's just say he's going to hit around 300, right? Because yeah. you know he's going to go through a slump at some point. It'll probably dip, right? So let's just say he hits around 300. If you can, if you have a guy who's going to go play Gold Glove plus defense, right? You're going to have a guy who's going to get on base, hit 300. You could probably try to find home run power at a different position elsewhere to where you're not necessarily, you know what I mean? And then you have, you know, for a fact, you have a guy who can get on base Mm -hmm. and you have a guy whose your sole intention is to hit home runs, i.e. the only reason Patrick Wisdom's on the field. He plays pretty good defense and Mm -hmm. he can clobber the ball to Waveland, you know? Um, Yeah. So that's, I just feel like if, if the Cubs are like, okay, you know, whether you want to move his position or not, you know, that's something we can talk about. But if they bring in another guy like a Correa or – because Correa and, and Turner are different beasts, right? Like Turner's super fast, get on base, hit for some power. Correa's like gold glove defense, hit for power, right? That's his whole yeah. thing. So it's like you just have to kind of figure out, I guess, what you want, what you're looking for, and how everybody fits in. But I, I expect the Cubs to at least be players in that offseason Um push to get one of the one of the, the big three. And I know we're not talking about Bo- or at least I'm not talking about Bogarts. I've said Correa and Turner. But I would take Bogarts too. I mean he's not great defensively, but he does everything else that you kind of want. So would you guys like to see a push for one of those players or more would you I mean, back to the kind of questions over the past several weeks. It's like do you guys think the Cubs should focus more on their bullpen? I, well, I mean, both, but um, if I, yeah, if I had to pick one, uh, the bullpen, yeah, the bullpen is going to help you more uh, than I think people think. So, in some ways, I'd rather you like build a solid staff, like the the race. The Racers took three or four against Toronto. They don't have exceedingly great hitters, but they have a great pitching staff. So if you can have a good pitching staff, a good uh, philosophy for pitching staff, I think that'll pay off in the long run. <coughs> so I'd go with that. And then, I mean, 
you can like morale morale can play second base as he's shown um wisdom is not a long-term future but he's not terrible right now so i guess try to build the bullpen dude i think with our with our minor league system and the way that some of the younger guys are playing like pete crow armstrong's doing pretty well uh, yeah. i expect brendan davis to get back so like our outfield's gonna fill out we have young guys. We can make a big free agent signing. I don't think, hear me out, I don't think we're that far away from being a 98-win team. I said 97 <laughs> this year. He's back. I think He's we back. Can, I, think, I, think we can, I think we can get up there within, within three years. What you really are, you should be a promoter. That's if the world is still around in three years, the Cubs will be a 98-win team. They might be the only what, team left what, in baseball after what, our nuclear holocaust. But out, outside, outside of those young players performing well, what is the key free agent signing or the focus that they need to have? Is it is it the bullpen? Is it starting? What well, do you think? I mean, <clears throat> ideally, you let the younger guys who are making the starts in the rotation, your Thompsons and Steele, and and if you have. Uh, high hopes for uh, Caleb Killian, you know, if you still think that he's going to project as a starter, right? You you want to get them some starts. But ideally, the bullpen is super important. I've never heard of a single fan base who doesn't want bullpen help in some capacity at some point in every offseason. They're always like, it could be a little bit better. It could be a little bit better. It could be a little bit better. It's just a perpetual thing in baseball of needing bullpen help. So... I think every team would pick bullpen up. I think every team would, would like to boost their bullpen. I would like another – like if you could get a true ace. Like Strowman was ace because of money and projected talent, and, and he hasn't really shown whatever. But the Cubs still went Hendricks on opening day. So you know what I mean? Like it's it's different, and I think that is even fluid, like who your ace is if you don't have a, a DeGrom or, or somebody like that. But I, w- I would really like the Cubs to try to find like – a workhorse starting pitcher, somebody that we haven't really had since, you know, I guess Lester. You know what I mean? Somebody like that. Like, give me, give me a guy. I would even take a Zambrano, dude. Like, he was still the ace during those dark years of like post, prior, and before right. anything else. Like when it was, they were winning seventy games a year. He's fighting everyone and hitting home runs and just doing whatever the hell he wanted to. Like, give me that. I just want a guy who's just going to eat up innings, who's going to give me attitude, who's going to be a dog. I want a dog. So give me yeah, a yeah. I want know, a nice. I want a big dog. I want a big star. You no, know, you know Ben, <laughs> your your mom brought this over uh, this weekend. She brought over this uh, a bunch of like uh, Cubs uh, books. Oh right, right. In there, in there, I that was, was a little really disrespectful at first. Wait, you brought yeah, it up. Like your, your mother came by. Your, your mom came by. Your mother. Your mother your brought mother. it over. So, um, but I was interested in this point. And I think in some ways we forget this. And I think I even said it at one point. But it, one of the sections is how the cups were built. And if you look at this, we forget what happened. So, uh, I mean, 
as far as the Cubs, the Cubs only really had like one year of like dominance, and that was like not even dominance. That was they just barely won in Game Seven. Uh, so, but there's they're starting their their top three uh, pitchers starting pitchers were John Lester, Arietta, Lackey. Those are all veterans. And granted, Arietta was kind of a a revelation. He was bad in Baltimore, and then he got better all of a sudden. But Lester and Lackey, veteran pitchers, and then they had Hendricks. I always forget who the fifth guy was. But so anyway, so that's what you're going. Yeah, so man, that's my face always when I think of that. So they had veteran pitchers. They invested in veteran pitchers for the long term. And they stuck with those guys. So if the, if Hendricks is your veteran pitcher, he's not a number one. That's it's okay to say that. If you can sign a veteran starter and sign him for five to seven years and stick with him, I mean can't really go wrong with the lesser type. Yeah, absolutely and, not. So but uh anyway, so the answer for the Nico question is uh we're okay with it, but you know we're gonna see what they have going. We have no idea what they're thinking. They they don't care what we have to say. So uh, Jake, so real quick, hold on. So to answer your yeah. question, uh we had Jason Hamill make some starts that year. Yeah. Uh, in the fifth spot, Mike Montgomery, obviously Travis Wood. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looked like those three. Do you? Did you know that we had Joe Nathan in 2016? Uh, no. Yeah. Apparently he was on the team in 2016. You must. You must have gotten hurt. Like, or or he was there to. He broke opening day. Like broke spring training, and then they cut him. Yeah. Yeah. I, wow. I do not, I not remember that. Was, yeah, I didn't but, either. All right, but, go ahead. But, but, no, it's okay. But also remember, for that one year, they also had to trade for Chapman at in the second half. So they made a lot of trades for veteran pitchers. I think that's the way to go. I know you want to start with, you know, Steel. Uh, you want to go with uh, Killian. Killian. And then Toms. you want to go with Keegan Thompson. I know you want that, and that's a good thing. But having another number one, having a true number one, is really the way to go. And having a number one that can be out there. Not, I know DeGrom, that's my one knock on DeGrom right now. Is the last two years, he's not really been there. If you can get someone who's there consistently, that's always good. DeGrom wasn't like that before, so I get that. But still, having a guy, a number one out there for the season, I think is a way to go. Um, but yeah, so we talked about this uh, at the beginning. I'll just kind of wrap with this. They have the Cubs play three in Milwaukee and then four against the, against the Dodgers. So as we always do, we predict... So they have seven games. What do you guys think at the end of this week? What do you think the record is with seven games 
away. I'll take. Oh, okay. Wow. Let's go. You said four and three. Yeah. What's the split going to be? I think they'll lose. Two and two or what? I think they're going to lose two to uh, the Dodgers. Yeah. Okay. So they're going to go two and two. Two and two. Yeah. All right. I was going to say three and four, and I felt like that was. A, a ballsy pick, saying that they're going to go three and four. So now it's less uh, less hey. dramatic. But yeah, I still take three and four. They'll they'll hey. Uh, hey to you too. They'll win two against the Brewers, and then um, they'll 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 still one against LA. Right. But. So I'm going to be the most pessimistic and say two and five because. Okay. Uh, that's just how the Cubs do. They have three yeah. great series, and then they can't win. So they squeak out two wins, I think. But uh, right. I'll be happy if that's not the case. <laughs> so let's uh, let's hit second base. And we actually have two people that we want to focus on for second base. And that is the Freddie Freeman drama. And then Juan Soto's reported contract offer, or at least something that's on the table. So Freeman, let's start with Freeman. So Freeman, for the first time, went back to Atlanta. Now he's on the Dodgers. Went back to Atlanta. Videos have of him on the field crying, being emotionally overwhelmed. Uh, still played really well. But uh, right after that series... He fired his agent, Casey Close. Now, after he fired that agent, stories started swirling about why he did it. Now, some some early stories that got refuted were that Casey Close was not bringing him all the offers, and that's why there was a disconnect. But then there was talks about um, he was just, Freddie Freeman's just angry he's not back in Atlanta. Casey Close made a statement saying that this is a false narrative and that he's trying to repair his relationship with Freddie. And then Clayton Kershaw even came out saying that he hopes the Dodgers aren't playing second fiddle to Freddie Freeman and the Braves. So he doesn't feel like he's totally in on being a Dodger. Even though he's from Orange County, he doesn't feel like he's in on being uh, a Dodger right now. So with all that being said, what do you guys think uh, about that? With Freddie Freeman got drafted when he was 18 years old, spent 12 years in Atlanta, and then all this kind of happens. He's out in L.A., um, so what is your take take on this whole drama scenario? It's it's saying that for it's impossible for me to think that if the, if the case really was the Dodgers or the, the the Braves, excuse me, were offering him contracts and Freddie Freeman's not getting them from the agent in question, right? That Okay, so the three of us are in a group chat, right? Now, let's say I'm texting 
Jake in the group chat, and I'm trying to get Jake's attention, but he's not answering. I would just text Jake separately, right? If I work for the Braves, and I'm I'm, I'm trying to make these these contract offers to Freeman, and he doesn't seem to be responding, or I would cut out the middleman at some point and just talk directly to him. And Can they do that? In the offseason. I don't know. I yeah. would just say, I'd, you know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But it seems ludicrous to me that this is something that could happen. Right. In, in the era in which we live. Like, you could even leak stuff to a guy in, in like, to some sports writer on Twitter. And it right, just, right. it'll happen. And, the, you know, an unnamed source in the within the organization is saying, we've been offering Freddie Freeman contracts on Freddie Freeman season. He's like, what the hell are you guys talking about? That hasn't been right. happening. Bah, 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 bah. He nip it in the butt. It seems weird to think that he hasn't been getting these contract offers. However, if it is true, and the agent was either A, looking out for himself, and like, we're going to get a shit ton of more money going to L.A., yeah. And we get to hey live in LA and do LA stuff and not worry about living in Gwinnett, Georgia, or whatever the hell they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can you could see like that's an incredibly selfish thing, and the the age deserves to get fired for being a dick if that's what happened. Right. You know what I mean? But I just there's so much that we don't know, and then to the point of like Kershaw being like, hey, you need to fucking be all in or be out. You know, like I totally yeah. get that and right. I respect that. You can't go out and try to win a championship with 25 guys all in and one guy wishing he was still playing on another team. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. As true as that might be. and But then, again, like you said, Jake, at this point, Freddie Freeman spent almost, you know, almost half of his life in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you grow attached to some places that you spend a decent amount of your time in. You know what I mean? And so that's that's completely natural on his part to still feel some kind of like connection to the city and, and to be an emotional, especially if he is an emotional person just in nature. Like if, you know, I watch some commercials, I tear up. You know what I mean? Like I get being overwhelmed by emotion and, and showing oh, yeah, that. So exactly, yeah. But so like I don't like that Kershaw would question that in that capacity, like out in public. You know, just yeah. kind of like talk like, hey, man. I, we need you either all the way in or all the way out. Like, you, mm-hmm. you have a conversation with him at his locker. Sure. But I don't know. I say all that to say this. If I find out – if I found out that, like, my agent was Dane cooking me, I would be real upset. Dane cooking? Please explain. Do you know why he's not popular? Like, not – I guess not that he's not popular, but you know why he's not famous anymore? No. So his brother stole – millions hundreds of millions of dollars from him as his lawyer was just like stealing money stealing money stealing yeah. money what? and then took all of it yeah. yeah what so that's crazy yeah. so that's what i'm saying like if my if i found out my agent was doing that i would fist fight said agent and i'm yeah. an athlete i'm a big giant athlete and he's probably not so i think i would take him i think i would have a chance if i'm unless, free to beat up my agent unless your agent was the rock and baller I would not have The Rock as my agent. Just no, you know what? I would because he's, he's obviously been able to do some incredible things with money. So he's done Anything. something right. So fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Give me The Rock. Yeah, sure. Give me The Rock. I, mean, I, would, I would actually want his uh, ex-wife and not The Rock to be my agent because she's his agent. And that's... Dang. 
worked out well. So yeah. it worked out pretty darn well. Um, but yeah, so I think I personally think he, of all these speculation, um, Freddie got emotional. He got sad, but he also got got mad that he's not back with honestly his friends. Yeah, sure. Um, and like a father figure in uh, the head coach, so I think he got sad and mad, and being there kind of raised all these issues for him. So I think in emotion, he 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 went with uh, the worst case scenario. Um, I don't. The reason I don't, I'm not inclined to believe that story is because Casey Close was their cheater's uh, um, agent, and he stayed in New York forever. So if he wanted to stay, with the Yankees, Casey Close, though. I know, but like, and your dare cheater, and your dare cheater, dude, he's sending people home with gift baskets, brother. Like he's he's doing no. all right. I get that. What I'm saying is, like, if you're if you want to have an issue with an agent or a player moving on, he Casey Close has had players stay in an area, and it's not just their Jeter; it's multiple other ones. But he's the most high profile. Um, like he's not opposed hey. to doing that. So I'm not. I'm not opposed to, or I'm not inclined to believe that story. Freddie did not say that. Yeah. Freddie did not make that report, but I'm not inclined to believe that. All right. So before we get off this too far, Dal, let me ask you this side note question. Side note. Sidebar. At what point would you need to be successful enough to Derek Jeter somebody with a gift basket? I don't know if I'm aware of the whole story. Oh, after he would uh, spend an evening with a young lady, he would send her home with a gift basket of like memorabilia and different stuff. What? (laughs) Yeah. Well, like signed pictures and stuff like that? Yeah, no, really. Like, oh my God. Like different stuff like that. Isn't that wild? That's incredibly vain. The captain, baby. The cap E10. I do not like him now. Could you, you, yeah, say, can you can you imagine like just starting to date someone and then be like, yo, <laughs> that's how you know you got cut. Why you got all these uh, <laughs> Jeter sign things like throughout the throughout oh, the apartment? Yeah. yeah, I just like imagining like you're you're safe if you go home at the end of the night and there's no gift basket. You know, <laughs> you know, you get to come back the next night. The spring really... training. Yeah, and there's the red tag hanging in your lockers when you see the gift basket. You're like, no, I've been no, cut. Dude. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. Ken, I'm gonna start uh, sending Kendra off to work with gift baskets. There you go. So I think I'm already spray your, spray your cologne in there. Yeah, I used to have Derek Jeter cologne, by the way. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I like to picture Benny walking around thinking, "I smell like Jeter." Dude, I would just jump throw in in all situations. Just run up. <laughs> didn't matter <laughs> where. Didn't matter what. Yeah, it does. Definitely. In the bathroom, wherever. Mm-hmm. You're throwing. Respect. Your car keys to, to the bartender. Yeah. Just eating your keys across. Smacking people in the head. 
Oh man, no, I, I, I can't. I can't see myself ever doing something like that. I don't think I have much of an opinion of myself to go that hard. <laughs> well, I guess you're not, you know, the captain of the New York Yankees, and it's true. I'm not. It's not. I can't, that. That's what I'm saying. There's like there has to be a level to it. Us just being normal people that seems ludicrous. Right. But at some point, the more rich and famous and successful you get, right, things have to become weirder to, for yeah. your life to seem exciting. So yeah. like you have to you have to be giving gift baskets out or your, you know signed one. signed memorabilia along with NDAs. All right, like, heads you up. Can't discuss yeah. anything. He's giving out gift baskets. You know, there's a room dedicated in his penthouse with just just filled with <laughs> pre-made gift baskets. Like how his wow. butler is like his butler's outside the room listening. And he goes, <laughs> okay, now I gotta go. I gotta go get the gotta get, oh. get the basket ready. It's basket time. No, dude. Yeah. At some point in people's lives when they just are on that path, they just don't have to worry about laws of normal people. Things don't matter. Yeah. Society and structure and, and yeah, things don't matter anymore. Nope. So there you go, Jake. Go ahead. Okay. Juan Soto. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know about that. Um, Jake right, is, so, Jake's world is just shook. He's like, I, I don't know how to process this information. Yeah, I don't know what to think of it now, but I'll look that up. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, let's make a hard right into Juan Soto, who has not done a gift basket that we know of. That we know of. Juan Soto is 23, and the story is that he get, reportedly is talking about extensions. Uh, reportedly, his extension was going to be for 13 years for more than $350 million. How crazy is that? Well, Juan Soto's about to make some Derek Jeter money. So if, if there's ever a time for a gift basket, it's now. If he was going to start making money. Um, well, we talked about, I think it was... Maybe the first episode we ever recorded, Jake, where you and I both said that we would take Juan Soto to be the guy that we would build a franchise around. Right. Um, and then even a couple weeks after that, when the first $500 million contract was floated or the idea that he could be like the first one to make that much money, we were all on yeah. board. So I can't really sit here and say, oh, don't take the money or that's crazy or anything or don't not take the money. You know what I mean? I think me personally, I would test free agency because I don't know. The Nationals are ass, right? Yeah. So then yeah. if you diverge or divert that much money to one person, you're not going to be able to fill in the other pieces you need to build a contender. So like if you're Juan Soto and you take that money, I think you have to be prepared to have a lot of losing years if you re-sign with the Nationals. That way, I mean, if you, if you decide to hit free agency – you control where you go because you're going to make your money either way. Like you, people are going to pay you a shit ton of money, but if you can kind of control where you want to go and what team you play for, I think that would be that would make more sense. I would rather hit free agency than stay with the Nationals. But he's twenty-three. Mm -hmm. Sign sign a seven-year for a lot of money. Then you're 30 years old, and you can decide where you want to go. Do you, take in, 
Yeah, that that's seven more years with the national. I don't know. I don't. I mean, so. no. What I'm saying is seven years. Whoever gives me. Oh, anywhere. Got it. Got it. Or I wouldn't even say whoever gives me the most. It's really about like where he wants to play, what he wants to do, because. You know, he's never been in the media talking about the national struggling, so people can cynically wonder, is he okay with losing so much? Or you can be like, is he just not going to shit-talk his employer? Um, yeah. But sign a seven-year deal for a crazy amount of money, and then... You, you're 30 years old, send another one for even more money if you do well. Yeah. 70, so I, that's, so I that's, just, my, I just, that's my bet. Yeah, I just think the thing that I think teams are going to start being afraid of is signing a Pujols deal. You don't want a guy who's going to be 30, 32 that you have to sign to a 10-year deal who's going to be absolutely – garbage at the end of that career at the end of when you do that money you know what i mean i think that's going to maybe scare some teams off miguel cabrera is making like 31 million dollars this year and he's through for a player option for 31 next season like that's crazy to think that want that miguel cabrera at this point is worth 31 million dollars you know what i mean and i get I'm, yeah. and i'm all about players making their money and that's never going to change so you know fine do it but it's just, I think, I think that might scare some teams off at the end. Well, uh, Aaron, Aaron Judge is uh, thirty-one, and he is he's looking for seven years. Are you not going to sign Aaron Judge? He's besides this year. When has he proven that he's been healthy? And I get that this year's been really good, but like, I I don't know if I would sign him for seven years. I don't know if I would, and I know that that's probably shooting me in the foot. And especially if I have the money, if I'm a, you know, a team with the money, I'm not like making a hard financial. I'm not like the Twins, right? Which I'm just throwing them out there. I don't think the Twins are going to be in play to get judged. You know what I mean? But like, let's say I'm the Dodgers or the Cubs or not the Cubs, but I'm the Dodgers or the Yankees or whatever, and I have the money to afford to throw at a guy like Judge. Then of course you do it because you know whatever he brings you now is going to be worth at the end. But if you're a mid-market team or a team that doesn't have that luxury, you can't really afford to go after him anyways, let alone delicious, right? Yeah. Good. It's also 9 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to soda. Is there a good time to drink soda? Yeah, it has to be after lunch. After if you're gonna really? Have it. Yeah. Got a little caffeine in there. Can't have it in the morning. I also don't <laughs> raw dog soda, though. Like, I have to be eating something. In order to drink a soda with it, I can't just I drink you, a soda by itself. When you said raw dog, it meant you. I thought you meant no, or like you needed liquor in there. And I was like, well, it's also <laughs> ten in the morning. So <laughs> I oh, guess so we that's, have where draw, that's where you draw the line. Right? We have different rules for our morning. You drink soda, but you won't drink bourbon. <laughs> uh, weirdo. <laughs> Which is better for you? Probably the bourbon. I don't think either one. <laughs> But no, if there was a, a, a time to protest, is Coca-Cola, a regular red can of Coke, better or worse for you than an eight ounce? Eight ounce is a lot of bourbon, but you know what I mean? Like, but but uh, Stiff drink, a glass of bourbon, yeah. A quadruple shot. Of 
Yikes. Because of the sugar, I, I would almost argue that uh, the liquor is probably better for you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That Coke can, like, strip rust off of cars and stuff. Like, wh- what true. is it doing to the inside of your body? And I, this is somebody who drinks soda, so I get it. <laughs> I'm not judging so anybody. It, I know it's so dumb, it, but... Wait, are we talking about the effects on the body and saying Coke is better than liquor? Worse. I'm saying liquor. Coke is worse than liquor. All right, well... I think that's debatable who you talk to. Several schools of thought. I hey, don't. I, I did my I own don't. research. I did my yeah. own research. Thank you. Yeah. I read academic journals. Yeah. All right. I mean, I didn't read it. I didn't read it. I watched a news channel and they read it and then they told it back to me in their oh, very specific right. way of doing so. Yeah. That's, but by the way, Jake, I, I'm reading the I'm reading the Vanity Fair article that was dated back in 2015. It says. Um, Jeter denies that the gift baskets are a thing, but it it, it ran as a story. And um, yeah, the New York Post ran an item uh, reporting that Jeter gave his one night stands gift baskets of signed baseball memorabilia as parting gifts. Um, so it's been it's been dogging Jeter ever since, but Jeter says no, it's not true. He goes, it's a dumb story. You have to be real dumb to believe it. So apparently, I'm real dumb. <laughs> apparently, I'm real dumb. Thanks, I mean, that, that that sounds like a, a Mets fan who hates Jeter. <laughs> Made that up. Jeter. Can, can you? That's oh, how he's Jeter. getting heckled, dude. Like, yeah. Give You're so great. Get. You're having one night stands. You just get business with you, rich, successful piece of shit. <laughs> um, all right, so thirteen years for three fifty. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna make a one word reaction of saying, "Don't do it. Don't don't sign thirteen years to the Nationals. Don't do it. Don't. No. I mean, if you don't, don't want to win the World Series, though." definitely do it. In 13 years. I mean, he's already got one, though. So, yeah, sure. I mean, I guess at this he's... point, if you're just content with money, like Chris Bryant, like I think he went to Denver just because he had already reached success as a individual. He's got his ring. He got his rookie of the year, his MVP. So he's like, well. Just, well, that's enough. I've done enough. Yeah. You know, if Juan Soto wants to do whatever good he wants to do with that money, then do it. But if it's, you know, primarily to uh, win and per- like be at the highest level, you're signing a trout deal. The Angels won't make it, and you're stuck. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right, so uh, we're going to hit third base uh, because I know this one is going to rile you guys up, or at least you'll have opinions on this. So reports came out that uh, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, said he's he wants to have robot umpires calling balls and strikes as early as 2024, and he's open to pitch clocks uh either starting next year or they the same year 2024 
And then we'll talk about he also said he wants to explain that there are two teams, but we'll focus on umpires ah. and, and pitch clocks. What do you, what's your uh, initial reaction to uh, robot umpires pitch clocks coming pretty soon? What do you what do you guys think? Hey, I don't Stop. care. Like, I would prefer a home plate umpire just because I we grew up with that and that's what it's been. But if you play video games, like like all three of us have played the show or play the show, you know, it's basically a robot umpire. Um, you know, you, it's like you're pitching in a square. Like you know exactly where you need to pitch it. Hitters will know what the what, what the uh, strike zone is exactly. There's less ambiguity. There's less uh, uh, fluidity, I guess, depending on the umpire. You know, you could have Angel Hernandez, or you know, or or a great umpire where the strike zone's either you know exactly where it is and I'm sharp on it, or you could have Angel Hernandez where the ball, you know, it's it's who got you know who knows where the hell the ball's going where the strike zone is going to be. Um, so you, you kind of take get rid of both of that, and you have a, just a set, strict thing. And like, and I yeah. get baseball purists don't love it because it's adding more technology to the sport. But that's just, that's just what we're doing, man. Like, uh, you people are complaining hey. about this, you know, new technology being added to the sport on your smartphone. You know what I mean? Like, you're complaining on new technology about new technology. So it's like, yeah. you know, just pick and choose your battles. But I would say <clears throat> it's coming either way. Like, so you can either get on board or, or fight against it, but you're going to get ran over. So I'm all about it, man. I think people should embrace this. Um, embrace our robot overlords? 100%, dude. Yeah. 100%. They know what's going on. Skynet. Do you know that's who's uh, going to be running the robot umpires? I hope oh, that. right. Good. Yeah. Get Arnold Schwarzenegger back there. Kind of line. He's just enforcing. He's just enforcing. Yes. <laughs> why? Why? Why you are uh, in favor of it? Consistency, man. Like I've, you see replays of like home plate umpires calling, like pitches that are a good six inches off the plate strikes, and you're just like, how? Like, what is this? And and but that's that's rule of law. What the umpire says goes in the game. So I think some consistency. And the one thing you can't, yeah, yeah. The one thing you can't argue thing. as manager is balls and strikes. You're, you're going to get wrong every single time. Yeah. And this also saves a lot of managers from getting kicked out of games and losing game checks, if that's even what happens. Because you, what are you going to argue with? Pinpoint laser technology. <laughs> like you can't argue with cameras, like, like with actual fact. You know what I mean? Like what are you going right. to? So it'll be interesting. What about you, Jake? My thought is this, is that whenever they introduce the, on, when you watch on TV, because in person, you can't see it. Sure. But when you're watching on TV, whenever they introduced the strike zone box, that was the start of it. Because before, <laughs> no, I mean, before then, you had no idea, and you disagreed, or you agreed, but ultimately, you had no idea because you were not you were not the umpire. But now that they have a box on every screen for every, I think fans believe they are umpires. Mm. And I think if you if you look back at it, look back at like 
you know, look for back a Cubs fan. Look, 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 look back at the Kerry Wood 20 strikeout game. Yeah, there were a lot of swings and misses, but how many strike <laughs> calls were maybe not strikes? But it wouldn't take that away from the game. So whenever they introduced the square onto the screen, it was just time for it. It was it was going to happen at some point. Chill. Now, since we're at this point now, and there, there are more people and more fans being more vocal about it, then I feel like you have to at some level. Or at least you have to make it like, you know, you get three challenges a game or something, like in football for balls and strikes. Um, but I think it's just inevitable. So just embrace it. It's going to happen <clears throat> at some point. So just get it over with and figure yeah. out and get the get the mistakes figured out and just just do it. So and try to be but, ahead of the curve. You know what I mean? Like just just try to try to stay on, like try to stay ahead of it so that you're not you're not the team that's lacking behind. If you can get support, not advantage, but, you know, advantage in a sense. Does that make sense? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, no, it does. Um, and the one thing I would, I actually, I find intriguing is the pitch clock option. Now, so what is that? I, I, I haven't, I haven't read about it. Well, that's the thing is they haven't set out anything specific because I'm sure they're still working on what it would definitely be like and. Uh, how many times you can throw over to first base or second base before you actually have to pitch or something like that? So I'm sure they're figuring it out. So nothing specific, but a pitch clock being like a 15 seconds to when you, uh, when the catcher catches the ball, you have 15 seconds to throw. No, you have 15 seconds to throw your next pitch. Now yeah, this yeah, year okay. they this year they've introduced pitchcom which gives pitchers and catchers uh a direct line to to know pitchers so you're not calling the, the pitches and that's supposed to speed up the game. Yeah. They've already embraced it. So in some ways again it's like you've already embraced it it's going to happen so just just bring yeah. it in. Just jump in with both feet, you know what I mean? Like mistakes will get ironed out, but just bring it in. Yeah. What what do you guys think of pit clocks? I'm fine with it. I mean we have play clock in the NFL, you have a shot clock in the NBA, you have um you know, hockey sucks, but uh so you don't have to worry about that. But I mean like in real sports you have to worry. You, know, you have a shot clock. You have, you have wow. a, a pit, you know, play clock. So it, it would make sense to have a pitch clock. Um, why not? You know, it doesn't hurt. And again, if your if your attempt is to speed up the game or to make it more um, palatable and enjoyable to non fans, right. then you know, a, a speed up of the game is necessary. It's. I mean, that's one of the things that if, if I've ever had a conversation with a non baseball fan. No, that's why don't you like baseball? It's like, oh, it's boring. It's too long. Yeah, it's impossible to watch on TV. By the way, did you guys see the broadcast with the 
I think it was Apple yesterday's game or two days ago. I love the Apple TV games. No, but there was no, there was no booth. Really? Completely. There was no no booth. The game was completely played in just the sound effects of the stadium. So you would hear the crowd. You'd hear the crack of the bat. You'd hear all of that. Mm. Nobody in uh, doing play-by-player color at all. I don't know if it was a technical issue or whatever, but it was awesome. It was a really enjoyable way to get. It felt like you were sitting there, but you were just getting cooler angles. You were getting the camera angles, but it sounded like you were actually there at the ballpark. It was pretty neat. That's really awesome. And again, that would be something that's more directed towards diehards, like the three of us, rather than trying to sell that to a a new fan or something like that. But yeah. I think a pitch clock, something like that, is necessary, again, if, if your <clears throat> entire purpose is to bring in new fans or, or make the game more palatable. Yeah. And uh, thus, this will uh, be – you are directly connected to this. So in that same interview, Rob Manfred said he wants to expand from 30 teams to 32 – uh, in a rather short time. So there are a ton of cities that could receive uh, an expansion team. One of those is Nashville. Now, what are the two cities that each of you would like to see get a baseball team? I'll, I'll go first because I, I have thought about this a little bit. I think uh, Raleigh, North Carolina is a good bet because, uh, but only if you can build it near downtown. So that's an asset. Not not in Raleigh. So not in Raleigh, but so if we're just going random new ones. I would have to say Nashville and Portland. Portland has a rich history of baseball. Uh, Fans are crazy in Portland. Uh, Sports teams in Nashville for obvious reasons. So uh, what do you guys think? I'm going to say, because you want to have one on the east and one on the west. But my question would be, like, how would division shake out? Yeah, that's what I was trying to picture. Like, where would this team be? Because, you know what I mean? Because I would say, like, Montreal would be cool to have them have another team again. But then would I make them in the National League East? Or would they be, you know what I mean? Like, right. So then, you know, you see how things would have to get kind of shifted or things would get kind of changed around. I think... If I'm going with teams, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick two teams or two cities that have not had a team yet. So I'm gonna okay. take Montreal off. I will go with Las Vegas. It's proven that uh, football can work there. Um, I'm just meant a, ba- like a team that a baseball city hasn't gone to. Yeah, I would take uh, Vegas as my West Coast team. I would put a team in the West and. Nowhere, I think they've knocked off pretty much every big city in the mid Midwest where you'd want to go. Right. So you would have to put it on the East, and I would say probably Nashville's such a good pick. 
It's hard to not pick Nashville, really. Yeah, yeah. I want to go with something yeah. different, though. So I'm going to go with Do, uh, Birmingham. My geography. Dude, you should see I am traveling the east. I am like, hitting every major city in, in my brain that I can think of. Uh, screw it. I'm going to say Vancouver then. Vancouver and Los Angeles. There's get another Canadian West. team. Wait, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Two West I teams. Fuck it. Yeah. All right, Dal, what do you think? Yeah, I I would have I was gonna pick Nashville and Vegas. But um so I guess to be a contrarian, I mean you could do Indianapolis. You can do Louisville. Louisville wouldn't be bad for a ball team. Hey. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, Memphis maybe. Hey. Memphis. Get that. Yeah. Get that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that could no. be could be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Memphis and Las Vegas. Okay. All right. Yeah, let me let me hit you with a hypothetical team name. Yeah. So if I'm Las Vegas, do I go with the Aces or is that two on the nose? Because Aces for like your pitching staff, Aces as in gambling cards and stuff like that. Nice. Or would, you wanna, or, or would you want to go with like a like a Golden Knights where it's like an homage to the city and less like. You know what I mean? Less on the nose. Golden Knights sounds like one of those fake teams that you'd make up in like old Madden baseball or, games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Golden Knight, I mean, because, you know, it's supposed to be like, oh, Las Vegas is amazing and they, it's Golden mm. Knight. Or I might have just made that up in my, in my own head. All right, Jeter. Why don't you calm down? I'm going to get a basket. I'm getting a gift basket after this pod. I hope you do. I'd be so happy. Dude, when Hesu uh, when Hesu leaves for work, give her a gift basket. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> Call her other um, mom. I do, I do like Aces, but I feel like they will go for something that will be a mascot that's not a literal card. Mm, um, okay. Well, I mean, think so, about it. Like the White Sox have a mascot, and their thing's a sh- fucking but literal sock. Do they, do, do they? Yeah, it's like a green fuzzball or something. Yeah, it's, right. Yeah, no one, yeah, no one knows that. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, I just say the Aces would make sense. What would be one of your team names for Portland or uh, or uh, Nashville? Oh, geez. Um, the Nashville uh, Honky Tonks. <laughs> They have the Nashville sounds wow. right now. And they all go like this, honky-tonky. Wow. Yeah. That's how they dance, right? Uh, wow. <laughs> Dallas can tell. Dallas, look outside. Put the camera outside. You're just going to see everyone walking down the street. Honky-tonky. Well, Nashville has a potential uh, name. I I forget. I actually, yeah, you know what? Uh, someone, if if one of you can look that up, uh, the possibility of Nashville expansion team already has a name. I like I like that whenever I heard it. It actually might be Aces. So have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Nashville. No, I can't do it. The Nashville Stars. Stars. Yep, I like that. It's the uh, it New Girl- like hockey. Isn't there a hockey? Team that's a star. That's the, it's Dal- 
it's Dallas, but Nashville Stars, Nashville, Nashville Stars was the name of the New World League team. So that's oh, okay. Yeah, Benny, take it back. Uh, no, I, I still think Dallas is a stupid name. <laughs> um, I, I have, I have I no like idea that, for that connection to the Negro League, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind uh, Portland doing something uh, related to both their soccer teams are named after like state flowers and uh, like uh, uh, something Wait. cultural to. Uh, yeah, but like something cultural to them. Honestly, what is I have no idea about Portland. <laughs> they have my yeah. <laughs> the hops. Uh, the, hops. The, the, the the woods and the uh, like in a way lumberjacks are very uh, so a lumberjack. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> something like that to give you my seed. Oh, what about you, Dell? I guess National Stars. Las Vegas. You said Indianapolis, you turd. Am I going to go with Indianapolis? Oh, my God. There's nothing. I got nothing good about Indianapolis. Oh, the Pacers Pacers were too. (laughs) More pacing. The hard with the other Colts, the other Colts. <laughs> the other Colts, the ponies. Yeah, something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> something stupid. I'm going after everybody. Like, like we're all just right. hating. <laughs> like it's ten thirty in the morning, baby. You've had me up for a while now. It's, it's on. all the violence. It's on. Uh, yeah, any other so. any other city want to get clapped at? Just let me know. Coming after all of you. The Indianapolis uh, Cornstalks. Reminds me of what Joakim Noah said about Cleveland. He's like, nobody wants to take a vacation. Have you ever heard of anyone who wants to take a vacation in Cleveland? <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Joakim Noah is the best. He's like, can't, Cleveland. Can't, yeah. can't wait to take the family to Cleveland this weekend. <laughs> I mean, the only thing would be like the Rock and Roll Museum. Or yeah, Hall or, of Fame. I guess showing someone where LeBron used to live. In Akron, it's not even in Cleveland. It's a, it's oh, a different place no. altogether. Yeah, it literally is nothing. Yeah. All right. Or you well, can show them the stadium that the Cubs won the World Series at. So there you go. There it is. That's a historic yeah. landmark. That's something. I All almost right, said so historic landmine. That's not. What? What? Why don't you guys uh, come up with uh, names, and we'll talk about that uh, next time we're together. Next Hope time. That. All right. All right. All right. So that's going to wrap up episode 30 of the On a Family Biz podcast. Again, my name's Jake. And I'm Dal. And I'm Abraham Lincolns. Happy Lincoln. 4th of July. Right. Yeah, well, Good it is the 4th. So happy 4th. That's why I picked Abraham, Abraham Lincolns from signed the Declaration of the Constitutions. Yeah. I've heard I correct, but all right. Jake, I did my own research. It is true. You cannot anyone tell me who ever, Anyone who ever says that phrase did not do any research. <laughs> In between his right. vampire slang. Exactly. It's very true. That's that's a true story. 
Abraham Lincoln was a vampire hunter. Okay, not a slayer. Hunter. <laughs> He's not Buffy. <laughs> Get it right. All right, so we're going to uh, just stick with a uh, triple today and just end there. So we'll see you guys uh, next week. We'll have a brand new episode. And this, for the next three weeks, they will all be pre-recorded. So we're actually going to record them pretty soon. So why don't you guys have a good day. We'll catch you guys next week. Subscribe on wherever you're watching or listening. Follow Instagram or TikTok for all of our all of our uh, post information. So have a good week. Have a good fourth. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.